Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become that confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am very pleased to have Vanchelle St. Dick as my guest. And let me tell you about Vanchelle. She is the author of Journey to Redemption and Faith in the Amazon best-selling book, Passport to Self-Discovery, Volume 2. She's working on her DRPH, which is a Doctorate of Public Health Leadership. Vanchelle is also the founder of Mesfami, uh, that's M-E-S-F-A-M-I Care Inc. She has demonstrated leadership and innovation in public health, health equity, communication, public outreach, social inclusion, and diversion, plus many others. Her writings include subjects on public health, resilience, communication skills, assertiveness, personal development, mindfulness, emotional intelligence, travel, community health, mental health, relationships, culture, race, customer service, and health systems. She doesn't know it. It doesn't need to be known, I'll tell you. She has articles published in the Good Men Project, the National Medical Association, Harness Magazine, YMK, the Creative Guru, Black News, the Minority Business Finance Scoop, the Above Ground Railroad, Black One or Black Owned and Operated, Greater Diversity News, Southeast Queens Scoop. Black News Zone, the Peace Corps press release, DMV Daily, Black State, Thrive Global, Gratitude Circle, Medium, LinkedIn, and the newsletter of the Peace Corps, Senegal, Simmons College, and Friends of the Library, Montgomery County. My goodness, girl, do you just write all day long? (laughs) I do. I love to write. I know. It's just such a great accolade to all of your I mean, they're not going to publish it if it's not good. So there you go. Yeah. I thought that the great theme for today should be behind the scenes, the making of a writing coach. And who best to talk to us by this prolific writer that we have with us tonight, Vanchelle St. Deek. Vanchelle, so nice. Thank you for having me. All righty. So Vanchelle, the simple, easy question to start, I always use. Where do you call home? Where do you live? So I'm originally based in Maryland right now. Um, But my, when I think about my journey, I've lived in different places, different spaces. 
And I think that when I think of the word home, I think of it as a conceptual space where creativity and knowledge intersect. Uh. And I can say that for me, I've when I think of home, I've never really been able to pinpoint it to a specific place because I think all of these different places and the different people I've met along the way have made me who I am today. Yeah. So I would say that home to me is anything that uh, or any, any place that really helps me harness like constant learning and sharing and where my ideas are nurtured and grown. That's how I would answer that question. I almost in your your voice, your tone, I hear like a Brooklyn Puerto Rican. <laughs> I get that all the time. I am, so I am from so I was born in the States, but I grew up in the Caribbean. Ah. My family's from Haiti, Martinique, and France. Ah. I'm a native French speaker. And so sometimes people will think that, oh, it's a Brooklyn accent, but it's really a Caribbean accent. It's a French yes. accent. Um, and also maybe it's because I've lived in Boston for quite some time too. Oh, could be, could be. Yes. yes. So, so the Caribbean is there. And um, just, I loved the, your definition of home because it is so true. Every place we've been makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. I know you didn't come out of the the womb or kindergarten writing books, but what led you to become a writing coach? I think I would say at a very young age, like what my parents did is just instill in me this love for reading. Mm. Um, and I think that's what propelled me, you know, into, you know, just becoming like a full-fledged uh, writing aficionado. But when I think about my journey to becoming a writing coach, I think it may have been driven um, driven by a passion for storytelling mm. and a desire to empower others in expressing their own narratives. Because I think that as a woman, um, when I when when I have been given the opportunity to work in different settings, I think sometimes our voices can be muted. And that also fueled my desire to say, you know, enough is enough. Like, you know, I, I think that, you know, women in, in particular need to take back their power, reclaim their time, as I like to say it. And that's the reason why I decided to become a writing coach, because I could tell, I witnessed firsthand by working with my clients, the transformative power of well-crafted words and how that could land, you know, to people telling, you know, where they come from and how their cultures or how they are bringing um, molded them into the person that they are today. Like they were they, essentially they were reshaping the narrative of whatever topic uh, people were exposed to in the in in me in the media, and I think that's always important. You know, reshaping these narratives so that mm -hmm. the stories are being told by the people who are actually going through those yeah. Uh, challenges. Yeah, so true. So, <clears throat> I I had a quote once talking about you know not comparing yourself to someone else's chapter mm. twenty when you're on chapter one. And so how do you approach coaching individuals that are different stages in their writing journey? I think um, despite where 
writers are on their writing journey. Um, I think that coaching writers at various stages requires like a tailored approach. So typically for beginners, I really focus on building their confidence and foundational skills. Uh, for intermediate writers, um, trying to think here, um, I think they mostly need help refining their style and voice. And then for advanced writers, uh, they typically will seek me out. Actually, if nothing else, I think for advanced writers, they are sort of behind the wheel and, and asking me for guidance on more nuanced aspects of storytelling and publishing. Um, but it, overall, regardless of the stage they find themselves in, whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced, my focus is always trying to understand their goals and challenges to provide personalized support. Um, mm. And then also just to help them hone in on the craft of writing instead of sort of thinking, okay, like I need to write for a specific audience. Yes, we know that's in the background and that for marketing purposes, you will need to <laughs> say to someone who you want who you want to read your book. However, in the writing process, that shouldn't be the main concern. Mm-hmm. It's really getting your thoughts out and, and saying it in a way that resonates with me. Because I always, when I work with people, I always tell them I'm part of that audience as well. Like I will be buying your book as well. And if it doesn't make sense to you, if it if it's not something it's if it's if you're not satisfied with the product then you know that I'm also going to pick up on it as a writer too. Mm. And I mean, as a, as a reader, as a, as a fellow reader. And I think that's important to, to remember. A, a lot of times people, the, the writers, even if it's somebody that's just doing like a Ted talk or mm. a presentation, sometimes their why is not as much that they're trying to, transform someone else as their as their purpose for doing it it's sometimes it's just because they need to tell their story that they that they have this hole and the only way they can feel it is to share what their story is and so when you're doing that I think your audience is you and can you explain a little bit more about the whole like what causes the whole? Yeah, that's well, you know, that's unfulfilled dreams. Sometimes, sometimes it's um, a, a hurt, a pain. Sometimes it's uh, wanting to leave a legacy, and and sometimes it's just that you know that that your story will help someone somewhere, mm. but but you don't want to go to your grave without having told that story. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, and, and now that I think about it, um, mm-hmm. you know, some, and I don't know where I saw this quote, but they were saying that the cemetery is, um, is sort of an untapped library. Yeah. Cause we yeah. find people there who have not had a chance to tell their story. Mm-hmm. But so. they had a great story that to be told. Um, when I I meet so many people, and the, you know, I, I remember two in particular, but they were telling the story of one was a woman who was really his grandmother, 
mm-hmm. who raised him because his mother rejected him. And it, 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 his story just was so wonderful in understanding all of these different kinds of personalities and opportunities and rising and falling. And, and it was just so wonderful. And I, um, I always tell people, you know, if you can't write your story, let me interview you for about four or five podcasts and you'll have your story. You'll have it written for you because it needs to be told. And another one was um, he was his family was a sharecropper and mm. and the whole thing of that life. And he's you know, he's my age. He's in the 60s. So yeah. it's not that long ago. <laughs> and And people don't think about the fact of sharecroppers and things like that. And even though that kind of still goes on with migrant workers and things today. Um, yes. But it, again, it, in his heart of hearts, he knew he wanted to tell that story, but he didn't feel brave enough to tell it himself. And that yeah. typically happens um, when, like during the writing process, yeah. because sometimes people don't understand that when you're writing, you have to unpack all the hurt. Mm-hmm. And I have found it that it is hard to put uh, uh, pen to paper if you have unhealed issues mm-hmm. that you have not sought help for. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that you shared this with me because I can think of instances where um, I had to tell um you know, some of the people that I worked with, you know, to just take some time, yeah. take some time in between the writing sessions and just, uh, and just to reflect. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just need to sit with the feelings and then from there in the stillness, the words will come. Mm-hmm. But if you're always in the go, go, go mentality, you have this, you know, I have to get this done. I have to write three or five pages. Sometimes it doesn't work. It may work yeah. for some people, but for those who have these stories, they they need to sit with the hurt for, mm-hmm. for a moment before going back into this writing process. Yeah. And, and that's specifically why I decided to add to, you know, my opportunities coaching is to just say, okay, Let's just have a conversation because Mm -hmm. the one gentleman that I was talking about was raised by his grandmother. He said, at the end of this hour conversation we had, he said, I've never told that story to anyone. Mm. And I thought, just think how wonderful this would be if we can meet with each other a few more times and you really unpack this. We have such a great story to tell. And so, you know, I recognize that there are people that are intimidated by writing and they might not even see the coach like you, but if I can get them a transcript and then say, here, Ventra, <laughs> take them and mold them into a great author. That sounds wonderful. And it's I- great that you've created that opportunity for this individual because it's, it's, it's half the battle. Yeah. You, know, you provide them with an outline in a way well and again it, it it isn't it doesn't feel like they're writing sitting down trying to write a book all they're doing is like answering questions that come in natural conversation of yes. from an inquisitive mind that is intrigued by what they're saying and their story and Absolutely. and that really kind of fuels the flame or the fire to be able to uh, 
come up with all those memories that you forgot that you had. True. I agree. So we're, we're talking about getting started, but you're started and now you have writer's block or you're putting off writing that next paragraph. How do you help them? I typically help combat writer's block or in procrastination, I should say, by encouraging maybe setting small achievable goals yeah. and then maintaining a regular um, writing schedule. Nice. Just because I think that when you start writing, life happens. Life doesn't stop because you've decided to take an hour out of your busy schedule to write. And so what I've been, like what I have experienced just working through Pathway to Coach Writing is um, sometimes there's a resistance, mm -hmm. you know, for people to realize that they're not going to have five hours allotted in a given day. And so that's the reason why I'm being very careful to say I have, I have shared, I mean, whether people implement that or not, like is you know, again, subject to multiple interpretations, but I always tell them to, I always encourage people to set small and achievable, achievable goals, whether it's just spending 15 minutes, right? You block out 15 minutes in your schedule and all you do is write. And yeah. I know 15 minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but if you mm -hmm. do it consistently in a week, it adds up. Yeah. And, and, you know, the joy of me even sharing this with you is because now we have apps like Scribd and many others that I can, I, I care to mention this conversation that allows you to do that. And then there's also this other um, app that I use uh, to time myself for 15 minutes every day uh, for my writing schedule. It's called the Pomodoro Technique. And what it does, it just, again, it's sort of like a timer. Um, and then you set it up for 15 minutes. I mean, yes, for about 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, and then it shuts off after the 15, the 15 minutes is done. Um, and so that's what I've, I've, um, I've been sharing with my clients. I would say also mindfulness practices and creative mm -hmm. exercises can also be beneficial in unlocking creativity. Yeah. Um, and I also think that in, a, against the backdrop of all of these exercises and techniques that I'm sharing with you, I think it's important for people to create a non-judgmental space mm -hmm. um, where they feel comfortable exploring and overcoming their barriers. And sometimes one of the ways to do that is maybe find a community of writers um, in the area that you can join and, and that you can talk about um, you know, your writer's block um, and then find out from them different strategies that they're using, you know, to combat uh, procrastination as well. Because mm -hmm. it's just, because what I share with them, at least with my clients, I always have to tell them I'm just one voice. And they're just, they missing out on the voices and the opinions of other people within their own backyard. Yeah. So I think finding these kindred souls is very important as you're, again, writing very good. So <clears throat> what do you think is the most important skill that a writer should develop? Based on what I've shared thus far with you, I would say that the most crucial skill for a writer 
is the ability to connect with their audience. Um, I think this doesn't just involve um, mastering the language mm -hmm. and the storytelling techniques that we've discussed earlier, but also developing empathy to yeah. understand and resonate with readers' emotions and experiences. Because like I've said earlier, if it doesn't make sense, if the story plot does not make sense to the writer, it's not going to make sense to the yeah. reader. Yeah, very true. So. And how do you balance the need to have authentic connections with um, being able to practically network with your group, your business context? You have to, I think it, that authenticity has to come out in your writing. I would say that um, for me, I'm not, I have to tell you, I struggle with transactional relationships. I'm not good with that. Um, yeah. Just because I think that balancing authenticity with networking involves being genuine yeah. uh, in interactions while understanding the mutual benefits of professional relationships. Um, I also think now that I'm really processing the uh, the question, it's also finding common ground and then building connections that are based on shared interests and values rather mm -hmm. than purely transactional motives. Um, if nothing else, from my experience, networking should feel like a natural extension of one's passion and expertise and not a forced business strategy. Yeah. Um, so... <clears throat> Whenever you're in, maybe your audience is a bunch of other authors. One of the things that, like for us as coaches, that we have a, millions of coaches everywhere. And I think it's important that you need to stand out in the crowd with your message of what you're saying. And, and that's where the authenticity, the vulnerability the mm -hmm. willingness to share a pain and a solution really comes in handy. I do too. Um, and I think also it's a bigger discussion of making sure um, that even when, when we're talking about standing out in the crowd, but what does that look like uh, from a publisher's standpoint? Yeah. Because whoever you share your story with, whoever is going to publish it in a way becomes integrated in that story. Mm -hmm. How are they viewing it? How are they marketing it? Yeah. Um, because that's one of the common pitfalls, the overgeneralization. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so critically important, and, and I can't stress that enough, is to really make sure that authors voice out their concerns during the publishing process. Yeah. Because once it's published, I mean, you can always go back and say, hey, oops, I made a mistake. <laughs> we need to, you know, we need to call this back so I can make some corrections. You can do that. However, I think that it's so critically important for authors to be participants mm -hmm. rather than observers in the publishing process. I mean, yeah. yes, it's all great. You have this publishing deal. You have someone who's interested in publishing it but you have to pay attention on how they're going to market it yeah. because that's going to make a difference in terms of the audience that you attract and the people that you, you know, you leave behind. Right. Right. 
<clears throat> it's time now for rapid fire. So what are some common misconceptions about writing? Some common misconceptions about writing typically involve uh, with authors thinking that their content will resonate with diverse audiences. Mm -hmm. And um, I think like it's, it's, um, it's a bigger discussion on understanding cultural sensitivity and localization, like in the market expansion. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it's a hit. And sometimes it's a miss. And I think that's when people really need to pay attention to how they are portraying their characters. And then also really reflecting on the rationale on why they've they've written that plot, you know, mm -hmm. for these specific individuals within the book. So it's sort of like you're doing an analysis within an analysis. <laughs> you're analyzing your characters, you're developing, you're de uh, developing them. Uh, you're placing them into this story, but then you always have to think about why. Yeah, you know, and and if it's and if it's going to be a foreign a foreign book, um, if you're going to introduce that concept, you have to also ask yourself: Am I failing to research local customs? Yeah, and how can I? What can I do to change that? Yeah. That's so true. And it, and it's not just in books, you know, you are a prolific article writer and, um, and those publications can be seen around the world too. Uh, but if you even go to another step, like for me, when I present and I present to a global audience, not everybody is going to understand or agree or, and again knowing the culture knowing what to say how to say it is really important it is time now for us to go to share my screen so that i can show you the contact information if you are just listening you know the drill go get that paper pencil so you can write down venchelle's information so if you are going to just visit her website. The website is https colon forward slash forward slash pathwaycoachwriting.com. Again, that's pathwaywritingcoach.com. On Facebook, if you just search for Venchelle, V-E-N-C-H-E-L-E, -E, you'll find her. But there are a bunch of other things a screenshot can give you. <laughs> LinkedIn is Venchelle dash saint dash deke dash mph dash candidate dash 7048811. Again, search Venchel St. Deke and you will find her. Promise you. Instagram, she's at Venchel St. Deke and Pathways or at Pathway Coach Writing. So those two locations. Again, grab a screenshot. It will be available on my website to findyourleadershipconfidence.com as well as YouTube. Whenever you view this video, you will see it again. All right, and I and Twitter, she's Venchel D. And again, that's a capital V and a capital D, Venchel D. And Venchel, if you would just let them know what are some things they'll find when they go to pathwaycoachwriting.com. 
So when you go to pathwaycoachwriting.com, I mean, again, you will see a set of services that I provide, but also I have created some free resources. Uh, I think one mainly that helps authors define their core values. And so they will find it under the gift page. Um, and then there's a wealth of resources. I've also published some articles. Um, they also will see uh, previous interviews that I've had. Um, and it's not specific to pathway coach writing because my background is in public health. And so I talk extensively yeah. <laughs> on public health issues as well. Um, so that's what, that's what they would find. Um, awesome. if they visit my, my, um, my website. And then as we see, she's asking you to also check out her LinkedIn page. So make sure you do that. Follow her on LinkedIn, follow her on Facebook and again, Instagram and Twitter. So Vanchel, thank you so much for being such a great guest, giving some really wonderful tips for people that maybe are writers already and are stuck or people who are just wanting to dip their toe into writing or people that are terrified. And maybe you could build up their confidence to be able to just get writing. I think one of the, the fastest things for me and surprising because I never thought about writing. And then mm -hmm. during um, 2021, I, at the time of COVID, one of my peers after an interview said, hey, I would love for you to be part of my book. Can you write a chapter? So I wrote my 2,500 words in like four hours. It just like flowed out of me. And I thought, oh, okay. So now just this week, I'm launching my fifth collaborative book. Um, wow. The Game Changer, you see it on the back over there? Yes, and, I can see it. And I wanted to let everyone know that. Um, and tomorrow is, two, not tomorrow, um, on the 15th of November is a big day for Vanchel because it is her birthday. So let's all just send her a happy birthday in uh, to that Facebook on the 15th. And if it's past the 15th, then give her a belated happy birthday. Um, and uh, as always, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. Thank you so much. I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nestling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.